Welcome to the Fantasy Ace Ball Podcast. This is your host, Tim Kanak. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Ace Ball. You can find my written work over on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. And with us today, we got Raymond back here. And you can find Raymond at Raymond Atherton on the Twitter. Say hi, Raymond. Hi, Raymond. <laughs> and then we also have with us our best buddy, Gabe Jenner, who cannot be found anywhere because he lives in the boonies, has no Wi-Fi connection, and also has no Twitter handle. Say, Gabe, there's that bad internet connection coming into effect right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we have some things to discuss because literally 52 seconds ago, as per my MLB trade rumors thing says, Carlos Rodon just signed with the Yankees. So our podcast, when it comes out, might actually be the first podcast live to report this. So good spot in here by Raymond on this. But uh, Carlos Rodon to the Yankees, six years, $162 million. What are your thoughts, Raymond? I think, I think um, it's about as good of a landing spot as you could hope for. I mean, hopefully he'll win some games. I guess he won 14 last year. That's more than I would have guessed. But um, that's a hitter's ballpark. That's a hitter's division. So uptick in ERA, I would assume, over the 288 he put up last year. But I'll probably take the over on 14 wins, hopefully. But, yeah. Yeah, I, really I think it's I fine. agree. Yeah, he, he should definitely get more wins. One thing to keep in mind is, I don't know if you saw the story about the Goldilocks balls that came out that apparently Judge is hitting special baseballs to help him hit more home runs once he got closer to 62. And some of those commemorative balls definitely, not to be biased, some of those commemorative, commemorative balls definitely went to my boy Albert. Uh, try to get over A-Rod and get past 700. I would guarantee that. Um, so a part of that, if that continues, that's not going to be good for Rodon, just like it was not good for Garrett Cole last year. And, yeah, as you mentioned, Yankees Stadium is a hitter's ballpark, not a pitcher's park, where he was just in San Francisco, which is one of the best pitcher's parks in baseball. So we're definitely going to see some ERA fluctuation on this. Definitely, he has a better shot at wins with the Yankees. But uh, whip, ERA, they're going to go up. Uh, good move for the Yankees, though. I don't even think that he – that's not that extravagant of a deal, really. I was kind of expecting him to sign for more based on the rumors of him wanting over $200 million and stuff. I will just say while we're waiting for Gabe that his ex-ERA was even lower than his 288 ERA. So he, he backed up what he did. I mean, he was legit. Yeah, he was a top five starter last year, and he-, he was really, he was really, really good the year before that too. I mean, honestly, I'm just upset that the card and the story came out the other day that the Cardinals were not interested in Rodon because the Cardinals have a rotation, and it's like, okay, uh, Adam Wainwright is the ace, so let's start there, and then we've got a bunch of number threes. But uh, that's just my Cardinals fan of me. I really was, was hoping that they would go use that money that they saved on Nolan Arenado not becoming a free agent this year. When, if Nolan became a free agent, he would have probably got uh, $250 million in eight years from somebody, but um, he didn't. So He's got to regret not opting out after all these massive contracts, right? Like, who told him not to opt out? 
he decided himself that basically he was thinking about it. And then the GM of the Cardinals or president of operations or whatever, John Mozeliak met him in LA and uh, they had a meeting. And basically after the meeting, uh, Arenado decided to opt in. So they said where he was not going to opt out. Um, And a lot of people are speculating that uh, he promised Nolan that the Cardinals were going to spend more money or something like that. And then, then they don't do that. Then they're like, Oh, Rodolfo's too expensive. So it's like, people are like, Oh, he, a lot of Cardinals fans are like, Oh, he lied to Arenado, but who knows what he told him. Maybe Arenado is because apparently he's really good friends with Goldie. So maybe he just loves playing with Goldie and like, he's in St. Louis where like, it's awesome to play there because the fans love you no matter what. So like, Maybe he just wants to chill. He's got enough money. He's like, whatever. Like, it's cool to play here. They're always in the playoffs. Like, I'm playing with my buddy, Goldie. So, who knows? Gabe, you back. It's, you here still? Or are you black, Are you gone, though? It's black, black magic by the Cardinals. They always pull this. <laughs> it, it's unbelievable. It is. What they give up for Goldie. It is. Like a bag of magic beans. I mean, I'm sorry, not Goldie. Well, they gave up that for Goldie, too. Arenado. Goodness gracious. Yeah, and and the Rockies also gave the Cardinals like fifty million dollars too on top of it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's, uh... it's unbelievable. Makes my stomach sick. Uh, going back to the Rodon well, trade, uh, I I think it's going to be or the Rodon signing. I think it's all going to come down to you know health and durability. If he's healthy, this is a a no brainer. Even with the inflated you know WHIP and ERA that everyone knows are coming, uh, but if he can stay healthy, man. You know, give the give the Yankees 150 innings. I think this turns out pretty well for him. Yeah, I mean, they kind of he is him. 30. He, yeah, and he's yeah, injured. He's, like, he's injured all the time, to, except for the last couple of years, which have been his yeah. best two years, obviously. And he was he was yeah. really highly touted prospect coming up. Like he was like the third overall pick. Like he was yep. awesome in the minors. I mean, I was I remember I was grabbing him in dynasty leagues back when he was like a rookie. That's how long I was doing fantasy playing fantasy baseball. But, uh, yeah. you know, um, I, I don't know. Like, I think it could work out. It's just all going to be about injuries, right? Yep. If anything, we could consider this. Perhaps he'll be, like, uh, handcuffed to Severino, where Severino was kind of like the Yankees' number two, right? Then Cole, then it was, like, Severino, and then uh, Nasty Nestor is, like, their number three, basically, for the playoffs. So, <laughs> they just figure, okay, one of Severino or Rodon will be hurt for the playoffs, but hopefully we have the other one. And it's, like, that at least gives them – three starters that they can use in the playoffs. I don't know. That's my thoughts on it. Let's move to the next thing. Uh, talk about too much about Carlos. Yeah. Next we have the Sean Murphy trade finally going down. Another Cardinals dagger right here, right? Uh, Rodon and then uh, Sean Murphy. I'm feeling it right now. So Sean Murphy traded to the Braves in a three-way deal with William Contreras going to Brewers. And then the A's getting a combination of prospects that include mainly Astori Ruiz, Kyle Moeller, and uh, Roberto Salinas are like the main three headliners of that trade. Uh, most people think that the A's got completely destroyed in this trade. What do you guys think about this trade? Who got second? Who got last? What do you think, Raymond? So I definitely think the Braves won this trade. Like my – my rule for this kind of best player, you're usually winning. And I think the Braves did and Sean Murphy. I mean, they're going to put him in the middle of that lineup and he goes from 
the wasteland in Oakland, both in terms of park and team and organization, into one of the best teams in baseball over the last four or five years, one of the best lineups in baseball. So, I mean, he's going to get more counting stats. He's going to more runs, more RBIs. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but when the Tigers got terrible, I went all in on being a Braves fan with um, Ronald Acuna with the tildes in my my Twitter profile are an ode to him. I've always been a big Freddy guy, so I have uh, my computer. I have a Braves wall up, so I just never baseball season. But no, I love this for the Braves. The only only part that interests me is Ruiz because I think he could like steal eighty bases if he wanted to. But yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, well, well, there's a lot of interesting things fantasy perspective in this trade. But let's hear Gabe's thoughts on this trade first. He's gonna you know get out of Oakland or Vegas wherever they play, and he's going to you know hit and hit. And the you know the top half of that Atlanta, which is just going to be you know I'm, I'm assuming he's going to bat fifth or sixth. Break there. I think the Brewers won this trade though. Uh, I think William Contreras is going to be, you know, so he's not the defensive that Murphy is for sure, but he's younger. He comes with two year more years of control, which is you know huge for Milwaukee, a small market club. Uh, his bat, man, he tore the cover off the ball with Atlanta when he played, which wasn't very often, you know, for his skill, you know, for the numbers he was putting up. Like he would come into the game, hit a home run or two home runs or three. Bats, and then they'd bench him, you know, and he'd, and he'd sit there, you know, ride the pine for a couple of a couple of games. I think he's going to see a lot more playing time in, in Milwaukee. Uh, this aligns with Milwaukee's. MO of trying to, you know, get cost-effective players. Uh, I love Ruiz to the A's, but I'm not, you know, I love his speed. I mean, he's one of the probably the, you know, most valuable speed guys in the game, but, you know, can he get on base? You know, we'll see. He could be, you know, it kind of reminds me of of, uh, Bruhan for the Rays. Uh, If he can break out and, you know, find a way to get on base, then, yeah, he's, you know, (laughs) he's Ricky. Henderson, but he's got to get on base. Yeah, true. So I agree with you, Gabe, that I think that the Brewers won this trade more than anyone. Um, And I don't think that the A's got robbed as bad as anyone thinks. I think that the rumors of the potential Cardinals-A's trade really set the bar too high on a potential trade for Murphy. Where they're like, oh, we're going to get two active big players who are really good, a gold glover. One of them is a gold glover. The other one's a leadoff hitter who can play center field. And we're going to get their top pitching prospect. I think that kind of just set that bar way too high on the deal. And it looks like we lost Gabe right now. But from a fantasy perspective, um, I think that this trade benefits everyone around. Like William Contreras, right? You got William Contreras – uh, hitting uh, with the Brewers now in a better ballpark, and he's going to get more playing time. He's going to be their number one catcher. He's going to get way more playing time. He's going to get way more at-bats, just like what Gabe was saying. So great fantasy for William Contreras. Sean Murphy, uh, he's going to get less at-bats in Atlanta because he's going to be hitting fifth instead of third. But I don't think that's that big of a deal, considering that he's actually going to have guys around him now when he was the only good player in Oakland. 
Now he has line of protection in front of him, line of protection behind him, more runs, more more RBI. It's just going to be better for the counting stats. Might be better for uh, for for just hit, getting pitches to hit as well. Um, and then on the Oakland side, obviously Ruiz has no one blocking him. He's going to be starting in center field. And like Gabe said, he could steal 80 bases. Like this dude is just an unreal talent on the bags. It's just, can he get on base? Is he going to be Billy Hamilton where he can't get on base and he can't steal? Or is he going to be able to get on base and be someone more closer to like a Whit Merrifield or, or something like that, which is very important for fantasy. Uh, and then even besides that, Kyle Muller now finally getting the chance to pitch. Atlanta, so much pitching depth that Muller didn't get the opportunity. Even with an amazing, uh, well, maybe not amazing, but very, very good year in the minors last year, uh, Muller didn't get the opportunity to pitch. Big lefty. Now he's going to have the shot in Oakland. So really good for Kyle Muller stock. And then Salinas, this dude had, he was like a 16 per 9K guy or something like that in the minors last year. Like I was all over this guy earlier in the season. He kind of had some setbacks later in the season. Uh, and he was only an eight ball. But um, I think worst case scenario, Salinas could be a closer, like a really good closer in the majors at some point. So I think this was a decent trade for Oakland. And all around for fantasy, I like it for everybody. I don't think anyone really gets deemed in fantasy. I think it's good for all players involved. So um, is we'll wrap up that. Salinas next- guy, the guy, is this the guy you told me about, Tim? Salinas? Last year you were like, watch Salinas. He's striking out like four per inning. And he wasn't in yeah. Yahoo's fantasy <laughs> format. Is that right? Is that the guy? Yeah, that's the guy. I was trying to pick him up in our nice. dynasty league, and I couldn't even I couldn't even do it because he Man, wasn't in the system. Yahoo, so Yahoo has to get on the ball. You know, Matt Mervis, he wasn't even in the player pool last year. That's that's unacceptable, man. Yahoo, you got to get your stuff together. CBS, whoever's behind <laughs> that. That's my hot take for the night. I'll tell you. We'll talk a, more, a little bit more about Atenu later because I want to. But uh, there, I heard about this guy because I was in Atenu and I was just searching, uh, like, minor league players' <laughs> points per game. This is how I found him. Literally, I was looking at points per game for minor league players, and his points per game were just off the charts. I was like, what the hell is going on with this guy? Like, his Who's points per innings pitch were insane. Yeah. And then I looked at his K rate and he was striking out like six is like literally like 60% K rate or something ridiculous, like completely ridiculous. You know, like when I looked at that, I was like, why is this guy low A still like bump him up? Like, why is he, they just haven't been low A just playing video games with these guys. Like just like striking everybody out. It wasn't even fair. Um, We have some other moves to talk to talk about. So Carlos Correa to the giants, 13 years, 350 mil quick thoughts on Correa to the giants. You guys got anything for fantasy on that? We'll start with you. We'll start with you, Gabe, since Raymond got the head start the first two times. Man, I don't. I don't know. I. <laughs> this guy's not Manny Machado. He's not Bryce Harper. I just cannot believe. I can't get over these. You know the contract sizes. Uh, maybe I just gotta get with the times, I guess. But uh, you know that doesn't really excite me a whole lot from a fantasy perspective. You know, I think the guy will hit 20 home runs. You know, hit 80 RBIs, which is great. You know, that's that's great. You know third round fourth round value uh but i mean he got paid like a first rounder and as you know as far as fantasy goes uh he's he's a lot more valuable comes, he's he's one he's one of those guys gabe that just because of his defense he's much more valuable in real yeah. life you know what i mean classic jason hayward <laughs> <laughs> raymond you there you're on break maybe you went to the bathroom <laughs> i don't know uh 
<laughs> All right, I'll, I'll talk. Carlos Correa, I actually bumped him up, Gabe, in my fantasy rankings after this move. He's going to be hitting third for the Giants. Um, it's better than the Twins. I bumped, him ahead, I bumped him ahead of Xander. So now I've got yeah. him as my number 10 shortstop, and Xander is my number 11. <laughs> number, though, number 10. <laughs> yeah, number 10. I agree. 10. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I just can't believe it's contract size. Bro, he doesn't steal bases. If we're talking about fantasy, you know what I mean? In real life, Carlos Correa is a top five shortstop. Like, in real life, I'm taking Carlos Correa over Bo Bichette. You know what I mean? Like, just because yeah. his defense is just so insane, you have to. But in fantasy, I've got him number 10. I've got Xander number 11. Uh, the reason that I have Correa ahead of Xander is because Correa is statistically a better hitter than Xander. He has better plate discipline statistically. He has more power. Um, so, I mean, that, and that's it. Xander's in the better lineup, of course. So that uh, is going to give him some points there. But Correa hitting third with the Giants as long as he's healthy. Like, the Giants lineup isn't that bad. You have Hanneker behind him. And I think they're going to still make some other moves. Some jock in front of him. So, like, I think, I think he's going to be a very good player. And uh, you can't really – he's a guy you can't go wrong with. So, if you miss on all the other top nine shortstops ahead of him or whatever, like, <laughs> I wouldn't cry. I, I would not cry if I end up with Correa. You know what I mean? So, yeah. okay. So uh, now it looks like we lost have, Raymond. Who do you have, Correa or Swanson defensively? I thought, Correa. I thought Swanson was, like, the defensive guy. Is Correa even better than Swanson? Yeah, Cray is way better. Um, Cray was platinum winner the year before. Swanson, uh, he won Gold Glove, but Eno has talked about it enough on Reads and Barrels. You can check that out. But apparently, Swanson has like the worst arm of any shortstop in baseball. Like just his arm throwing to to first. So Cray uh, could play third. You know what I mean? Like Cray is a defensive beast, one of the best defensive players in baseball. Uh, next, we have Kodai Senga. Yeah, better than Jason Hayward. Sorry, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have Kodai, Kodai Senga. I think it's Kodai, not Kodai. My Japanese sucks. Uh, to the Mets, five years, $75 million, which to me looks like a bargain. What are your thoughts on that? Man, you know how I feel about these guys. Don't put me on the spot here. <laughs> Saya Suzuki who? <laughs> what in the Kusuke Fukudome is going on? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, right. I, 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 you know, man, I love, I love Steve Cohen. What he's doing for baseball and Mets fans, I love it, man. He is, he is going to force baseball to put a salary cap on, uh, you know, with the money he's spending. I mean, I, I think, yeah, he, he tore it up, you know, over there in Japan. I just, I've been burned too many times as a Cubs fan. You know, if, if the Cubs get a guy, you know, like you, Darvish, what a stud, dude. But the Cubs, you, you know, the the guys the Cubs have targeted coming over from Japan have just, like, you know, really, really flopped. So, uh, I'm just a little bit burnt on these guys. Yeah. What do you think? I think he's, I mean, some people are saying he's, like, the best, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't know how good he's really going to be. Obviously, like, the the ghost uh, the ghost forkball is like really cool if you check that out on Pitcher Ninja. Um, I think he's gonna be like a Miles Michaelis or so. Like he's gonna be like he's gonna pitch like I think I've got him. That's Let me great. Look at my rankings real quick. Yeah, you know he's gonna be good. I've got him at like fifty something though. He's not like an ace. Uh, I have Kodai Singa as the fifty three rated starting pitcher. 
In front of him, I have Brian Bayo with the Red Sox. Yeah, no, maybe number three. I got him, depending on how deep the league is. And I got him right ahead of Miles Michaelis with the Cardinals. And okay. uh, he's got some good stuff. He's got some injury issues, so his durability is a bit ticked down. Uh, so he only pitches like 120 innings a year in Japan, or has been. Um, but he's really good at preventing runs and pretty solid stuff. Not, not amazing, not ace-like. But yeah, you could be in, in real baseball. You could be number two, number three starter for sure. And we well, got Raymond back. What do you think, numbers. Raymond, about Senga? I think it's easier for these Japanese pitchers who come over to have more immediate success success than these hitters. But the only thing that worries me is, like you said, with that that ghost splitter, is pitchers whose best pitch is that splitter. When they lose it, they tend to be bad. Like uh, Casey Mize, and then I can't think of his name, but he pitched for the Giants forever. Uh, oh, Kevin Gosman. He had some really bad years where he just lost that splitter. And now, obviously, he's had a resurgence, and he's very good again. But I think there's a pretty long track record of pitchers whose best pitch is the split finger. When it goes away, things go very poorly. Yeah, but then at the same time, when it's going well, they're one of the best pitchers in baseball. Like, Gossman yeah. has had splitter on lockdown for, like, three years, and he's been, like, top 10, top 15 starting pitcher. And um, Otani, too. You know, so, yeah. like, it, it could really work. And his is pretty – I mean, like, probably everyone who's listening to this podcast has seen that that goes fork ball on Pitching Ninja by now. And it just looks legit. But then again, that's against Japanese hitters, not against major league hitters. So we'll see what happens when he comes over. Um, but, yeah, solid starter. Next, we have Chris Bassett to the Blue Jays, three years, 63 mil. Fantasy implications on that. What you got, Raymond? I don't think he's a standout. I mean, he's an innings eater. I like that he went to the Blue Jays where they're going to throw him every five days and um, he'll probably put up a three, middle threes ERA, three, four, three, five, like he's done the last few years. I mean, He's not going to win you your league by any means, but he'll be steady. He'll be healthy. And yeah, I mean, you're not going to love having him and you're not going to hate having him, but he's okay. What do you think, Gabe? You, you drafted Chris Bassett. Uh, so I love, this is like a real life, you know, this is like a, you know, real life deal. I love this deal in real life. This is awesome for the Blue Jays. Hitters, you know, the hitters ballpark, that's going to hurt his numbers. But I think this is one of those deals that probably plays better in real life than does fantasy. I still, you know, I'm right there with you, Raymond. I'd love, I would take him for sure. I'm drafting, you know, I'm drafting Bassett, and probably in the first six or seven rounds. Uh, but I like it a lot more for the Blue Jays than I do for my fantasy team. I think this is a steal. Yeah, you- good value, especially today's market, right? So, yeah. in, in my rankings, I have Bassett actually ahead of Senga. Um, yeah, for sure. And we have, we're not into pitchers yet. We'll get into that after outfielders. But the reason I have him there is is basically all durability, right? Is that Bassett has pitched in the majors very a lot of innings the last few years, whereas Senga has pitched in Japan not many innings. Uh, but my stuff ratings show Senga has better stuff. My control ratings show that Bassett has better control. And then the ERA numbers show that Senga should be the superior player as far as uh, runs allowed, but obviously he has not played in the majors yet, so that's not to be, you know, that has yet to be determined. 
And uh, when I compare my Japanese guys, like I'm taking like I'm I'm trying to I'm comparing that like at almost a high A level because the yeah a lot of sure. people like to say Japan is like double or triple A, but it's not. <laughs> if you convert when you convert Sei Suzuki, Fukudome, all these guys from Japan who came over, it's not the same as like converting someone from double A. There's a w- much wider gap, uh, and a lot of that is probably just like these dudes are literally moving to a completely different country, a completely different continent, different language. There's so much to learn when they move here. So many cultural things that, like, we just think about it from a baseball perspective. But these dudes are completely uprooting their life. It's like, hey, Gabe, move to Africa and then, like, keep doing what you're doing. Let's see how that goes. You know? Uh, <laughs> dude, for right, sure. Um... And it's it, – I think it just spotlights what Otani's doing. It's unbelievable. I know everyone talks about Otani. The guy's a freak. He stands alone. Anyway, go ahead, Tim. Yeah, even his first year, though, he had some hiccups, but that's what he expected, you know? Uh, so next thing we have on our list is Thor to the Dodgers, one year, $13 million. I know you guys have to love this. What do you think, Gabe? I love it, man. I don't think it's going to work out for L.A., but if there's a place that Syndergaard could go to get rehabilitated, to get his stuff back, it's with the Dodgers. You know, the, the, they do it year after year. Guys, like, look at Tyler Anderson. This guy was garbage. You know, he's out of the league. And now he's, you know, he's a stud. He's a stud with the Dodgers. If you're going to go get fixed, you go to the Dodgers. I don't think it works out for him. I think center guards toast. But for one year, $13 million, heck yeah, that's no risk. Raymond, what do you think? I hate that the Dodgers have done this to us where, like, they could literally sign, like, Mike Miner. I don't know, an 80-year-old pitcher, and we'd be like, Hey, maybe. I mean, it's the Dodgers. Because, I mean, like, yeah. I'm right th- I'm right there with Gabe. Like, I'll, I'll give him a shot. Like, I have a team where I have to start seven starting pitchers, and there's no bench. I'll I'll give him a shot in that league. <laughs> Why the hell not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think it's all going to depend on – I mean, this is the way I look at it. I comp- I'm comparing him to Haney, right, where Haney came in and yeah. then he got that sweeper, that really sick sweeper, and just dominated yeah. last year. If mm-hmm. Thor can get that slider back to how it was when he was really young with the Mets, all he, he doesn't even need to make it better. Like he, he just needs to get that pitch back. So I'm not even asking, hey, let's go make the, one of the best pitches in baseball. No, just get your old pitch back. I think that the Dodgers of all teams yep. – have the best shot of doing this. And obviously you have a uh, driveline right there, right? Where all the pitchers go, where Trevor Bauer learned all yep. this stuff. Um, so it really helps that driveline right next door when you're the Dodgers and you're trying to get pitchers to come to you on cheap one-year deals to rehab. It's almost like a cheat code for the Dodgers at this point. Yep. Um, but I'm I'm definitely more into Syndergaard signing with the Dodgers than if he signed with any other team in baseball. I would be less into him. But with him going to the Dodgers, it makes me intrigued, right? It, like, piques my interest. Like, my antennas go up on that one. Um, For sure. So, Manaya to the Giants, two years, 25 mil. What do you guys? I guess I should have called on one of you. Gay, what do you think about <laughs> Manaya? Giants? Dude, I love it. You know, it's a, it's a relatively high floor and a relatively high ceiling. I, again, I don't think it works out for the Giants. I think he probably pitches to a 5 ERA, 4.5 ERA. 
I love Sean Manaya. I think he's one of those guys. He probably has one of the highest ceilings in baseball. You know, this guy could break out at any moment and, you know, be, be a be a perennial Cy Young contender. I, you know, I followed his career at the Royals. He went over in the, the Ben Zobris trade. I love Sean Manaya. I think, you know, I, I think it probably won't work out. I think that, you know, I, I'm still drafting this guy. I'm drafting this guy. If he's available in like the 10th or 11th round, I'm taking him. Raymond, what do you think? I don't, I don't get it, man. He's his career ERA is over four, and he like, he's I don't know he he was in twenty eight games last year. That's more than I would have thought. Innings eater, one hundred and fifty eight innings last year. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't get the hype. I really don't. To tell you where I am on Shamanayan, I have him as my one hundred twenty seventh ranked pitcher, starting pitcher. So not even in the top 100. I have some rookies ahead of him, so that shows you something. <laughs> um, you guys. <laughs> the, the, hey, the, the good thing about Manaya is this, is that he's going to be going back to the Bay Area where he had ex- some success in Oakland. So I think him just being in familiar turf is going to help him out. But he was so bad in San Diego last year. And even the second half of 2021, he's pretty atrocious. I think he has good stuff. And he has some good control, but it's just so hittable. That's what happened. He, he just like, if you look at my F scores for Manaya, which you guys, I haven't shared with you yet, but his F ERA is 76. So uh, people just light him up. The bail rates against him are just tremendous because there's just something in that he's doing when he's pitching that allows hitters to read his pitches. Like that he, tells me that he, he is. He's easy to pick up on, is what that tells me. There's no deception there. It's just easy to pick up on. He's seventh percentile in fastball spin. Like, he has one of the most hittable fastballs in baseball. He doesn't get swings and misses. He's average. He has average control. And the only thing that's read on his baseball savant page is extension. Like, that's the most useless. <laughs> well, that's going to help with his secondaries, right? Extension but is it, gonna help, but him it get doesn't the, get the secondaries in there. Yeah, yeah. And but I mean, he's only got. Bond, I mean, so he's only got three pitches too. So like the third time through the lineup, he's getting yanked, especially for the Giants. So he's never going five or six innings, or more than five or six innings. Yeah, I mean, for fantasy purposes, fifteen team leagues, he's like your last starter. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's what I think. Um. So yeah, no love, next, no love. Goodness gracious, bro. bro ne- I like the other than the next giant starter a lot better. Ross Stripling, where you at on Ross Stripling, Raymond? Two years, twenty-five yeah. mil. Yeah, I mean the fact that these guys got the same contract is shocking to me. Like, I would much rather have Ross Stripling. Um, obviously, I just said I'm not very high in Manaya at all, but I don't think Ross Stripling is a barn burner either. I mean, he's got great control, which is awesome. But um, less than a strikeout per inning, which is kind of my barometer for if I want to roster you in fantasy or not. And he was down quite a bit, um, 111 strikeouts to 134 innings pitched. Um, I mean, he put up a three ERA, so that's good, but that's mostly a product of the soft contact he gives up. So, I mean, yeah, he's okay. Yeah, he's he's been like that for a little bit, right? Like uh, when he was with the Dodgers, he's he's kind of like their swing man because the Dodgers always have that guy who hops in, hops out of the rotation. And then when the Blue Jays took him in, 
Uh, he took kind of like a number five starter role. I think, though, that he's definitely better than Manaya, number one. Uh, I've got him at 103 for starting pitchers. And number two, um, it's, he's just more consistent when he plays. He doesn't get the innings that Manaya gets. He's not as durable as Manaya, but he's better on a printing basis. What do you think, Gabe? I would take in this guy over Manaya, too, uh, despite all my love for old Sean. I think that he's more valuable, like to Raymond's point. If it's a K nine inning, you know, K nine league, this guy takes a huge hit. But if he's not, if it's not a K nine league, I'm, I'm in a K nine league. I'm looking at it right now. He was ranked 171 in Yahoo for the season in a K nine league, which is still like totally playable in 12 man, you know, 12 team leagues. If it's not a K nine league, I mean, this guy's an absolute stud. I love it. All right, quick hits here. We got a couple small position player moves. Zunino to Cleveland. Does that do anything for fantasy? What you, where are you at on that, Gabe? No, you stream Zunino, man. I don't. I can't imagine drafting him unless it was a two catcher league. You know, he he he'll hit five home runs in three games every once in a while. He's a good streamer, but uh, if you're starting Zunino, you're you have problems in a one catcher league. <laughs> yeah i agree i mean he's the guy you pick up if there's six righties on the schedule or whatever but the thing that i took away from this is i kind of uh didn't realize this till i saw it on twitter but it seems like the indians are the only team in the al central trying and it infuriates me and i said yeah. indians i mean the guardians like what are we yeah. doing guys the white Sox haven't it's done the- anything the tigers haven't done anything the royals haven't done anything like that's both centrals in general. The NL Central and the AL Central are just on that, like, hey, we're going to spend no money and just sit here, and it's going to be a... Like, let's just all do nothing and race to 88 wins to win the Central. That's what we need. Yeah, but then none of those teams are going to win the World Series ever because they aren't making the big moves. So, I mean, both Central... Both Central are like that. But, hey, uh, we're all from the Midwest, right? So, we know that... That's just how people in the Midwest are. They tend to be uh, a little conservative and like slow to slower to update to the time. So like when the market shifts, like it did this year, like of course it's like that episode of South Park where they're in Iowa and they're like, it's like 2005 and they're like, oh what, Kurt Cobain died? Like <laughs> you know, like <laughs> they know it's going on. <laughs> they're like 10 years behind. So. Um, I mean, to me, when I see this Zunino to Cleveland, I just think this sucks for Bo Naylor, right? Because, like, I was going to be pretty big on Bo Naylor next year. Uh, good power sp- – he was 20-20 in the minors as a catcher. Like, 21 homers, 20 steals as a catcher. Josh Naylor's brother, he was in AAA. He's ready to play he, – he's promoted then the year. He's re- he was ready to take that role, and then they just give it to Zunino. And it's like, oh, why? It's like you're going to really Colorado Rockies us here, Cleveland. I mean, that's what I think. Uh, about that so uh, any other thoughts on Zunino before we wrap him up and get to our uh, biggest signing of the day that's not Carlos or uh... no okay Somebody Adam Frazier yeah Ad- Adam Frazier Orioles anyone got anything on that <laughs> what in the pack is going on here yeah, if you need a second baseman or a middle infielder who's going to get you batting average and you're down on batting average, that's about the only use in fantasy that you have for him. 
This actually upsets me because I like a lot of the Orioles prospects. And this means that they're not probably going to be starting Westberg or Norby in the majors at the beginning of the year. So shame, shame. Uh, more Rockies style moves here with that, I think. Um, let's move into the mock draft. I don't know if we're going to get to the outfielders this pod. We're already at 36 minutes in, so we're probably going to do uh, just do the mock draft and then wrap it up and then do outfield uh, outfield part two next time around. So I'm just trying to stay on keeping it tight here. Uh, the mock draft, Raymond, why don't you go ahead and uh, provide all the listeners uh, the info of my team, my draft. Uh, the C- By the way, let me intro the draft a little bit. We had a CBS mock draft. This is the second one that we've had this uh, pre- postseason, whatever you want to call it. Um, first season. one. Well, yeah, preseason. I guess. I mean, it's still December. So uh, the first, <laughs> the first one was uh, Roto, and then this one is head-to-head points. So it was a twelve-team head-to-head points draft, CBS. So we're drafting with Scott White and Chris Towers and Frankie and all those CBS guys. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and I, I drafted from the eleven spot. Raymond was also in this draft and drafted from the eight spot. So, Raymond, if you want to uh, give my team out, and then we'll talk about my team a little bit. Yeah, so I don't know if you said this is a three-outfielder league. Um, yes, three-outfielder, yeah. That's important context. So, you have Adley Rushman at catcher, Vinny P at first base, Jazz Chisholm at second, Nolan Arenado at third, Oswaldo Peraza at short, Byron Buxton, Kyle Schwarber, Kyle Tucker. You got the Kyles there at the outfield. Lars Newbar, Glaber Torres, and Jesse Winker on your bench. Lars Newbar is your utility. I should have paused there. And then your pitching staff, you have Corbin Burns, Kevin Gosman, Miles Michaelis, Jordan Montgomery, Grayson Rodriguez as your starters. And then you have Hunter Brown and Garrett Whitlock as your relief pitchers, which Hunter Brown is going to be a spark this year, right? That was a snag. And then your bench pitchers, yes. you, have, you have Aaron Ashby, Brian Bellow, and Andrew Heaney. Yeah, what so – um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, what are, your, what are your overall thoughts on this team? Uh, you know, I really like this team. Obviously, I slacked in the shortstop. Uh, I, I miss – I was hoping to get Correa – uh, I think when Vinny P was picked, I picked Vinny P in the eighth round, and he was my highest-ranked hitter at that time, but I also had Correa around still, and I was hoping Correa would make it to me at round nine, but he didn't. Uh, so I kind of just, like, let shortstop slide. So that's my weak spot on this team. Um, I mean, I think looking at my team when I when I was drafting – I wanted to get some outfielders early because when we did the last draft, the last CBS draft, I really struggled with outfielders later in the draft. I think that was that. I can't remember Raymond. Was that a five outfielder lead though, or was that? Was that a three? Yeah, no, that was five. That was five. Yeah. So I mean, three outfielder leagues. Like I just cranked outfield, and I was I, I love my outfield in this. Um, I mean, I t- I made it a priority, so that's probably why. Like two of my top three picks were outfielders. Uh, but in that five outfielder league draft that we did, I absolutely hated my outfield, so I kind of tried to, to bump it. My favorite picks on this team that I made uh, were Adley Rutschman in round seven, Hunter Brown in round 11, 
uh, which you gave some props to. And um, I really also liked Newbar in 13 because I was watching him for a while. Um, I like Grayson in the 12th round too. So basically, I, I really like my like 11, 12, 13, 14. I like Garrett Willock in the 14th too. So like, I like that like 11 to 14 range that I had in my draft. And then I liked getting Adley because I, I almost picked Adley like fit. Like that's how high I am on Adley in a points league. What do you, what do you think of my team, Raymond? Well, can I just ask you why you're so high on Lars Newbar when he hit like 228 in 108 games last year? That's not a small sample size. 14 home runs, New- four, four steals. Why are you so high on him? Newbar had oh, – well, he, first off, he's a lefty. He got mad shifted. He's got power and speed. He's a guy who has 25 to 30 home run power, probably could get 10 steals, 10, 10 15 steals. Uh, his on-base percentage is just ridiculous. Like his walk rate to his K rate is insane. And remember, this is a points league, right? So that means I get points for walks. And I don't know if CBS gives minus points for Ks. Uh, because I've never played in a CBS points league. I've played in a odd new points league, and they give minus points for Ks. But Newbar, by my F scores, has a – and we – like I said, we're going to skip my next. We're going to skip outfield probably, but we would get into him in the next podcast. But he's my 25th ranked outfielder. Just to give you a heads up, I've got him between Teoscar and Brian Reynolds, and he has a 104 F contact, a 146 F discipline, a 124 F power, and a 94 F speed. So solid, solid power speed combo with just phenomenal play discipline. Well, I think the only other players with plate discipline like that are in like my top tier, like tier one guys, like uh, Betts, Judge, Soto, like nobody else. And Winker, Winker has plate discipline like that too, which is one of the reasons I drafted Winker in this league. But nobody else in the outfield has plate discipline that matches up to Newt. That makes a lot of sense. I'm um, looking at his spray chart, and boy, does he pull the ball. You're right. He I does, and that's why I he has power. Benefit from the shift, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that shift changing, he could hit two. I mean, like in the minors, he was hitting a lot higher. Uh, so I think he he could be like a two two sixty to two seventy hitter, uh, pretty easy once the shift's eliminated uh, going to next year. So and he's leading off for the Cardinals. So remember, he's also hitting in front of Goldie and Arenado. Like he's going to score a lot of runs just just from that. So. He like his baseball savant page is scattered with red. Like he hits the ball very hard. So yeah, I think I think you just very quickly talked me into Lars Newbar. But no, I like your team. Like you said, you got you waited way too long at shortstop. Um, but we know that. And I mean, like we we were texting afterwards, and you said you could pick up Royce Lewis or somebody else to get you through. I mean, in a twelve team league, there's pretty much going to be a a hole on. I'd say every team right out of the draft. That's why you got to pick people up and that's why you play out the season to make moves and, you know, compete or whatever. But no, I really like your pitching staff. I was upset. You snagged Vinny P for me. I think a lot of people were when I, the thing is the, the thing that's funny in the, tra- the chat room is that when I picked Adley, a lot of people started groaning. When I picked Vinny P, a lot of people started groaning. And then when I picked Hunter Brown, a ton of people groaned. And Hunter Brown, I'm really, really high on as a starter. 
And for me to get him as a spark at 11, that was just insane value, I think. And I, I even said, I think in the chat before I picked him, I'm like, wait, this is going to be the best pick in the entire draft. And then I picked him. Uh, I love that pick. And then I actually picked – I had Grayson as the top – he's like my number 32 uh, starting pitcher, and I have 12. Um, so, yeah, that range, like, in the Whitlock, too. Whitlock's going to be a starter. So I think I got two really good sparks between Hunter Brown and Whitlock. And the thing when you think about points is you just have to think of it of a completely different mindset, right? Like, yeah, you're not drafting for totally it's different. Like, you don't, yeah, you, you have to not care about steals. Steals are almost irrelevant. You want to, you have to care about plate discipline. So walks give you points. So you want walks, you want guys who get on base. And then for pitchers, it's all about innings and like, who wants a, like, I don't want closers in a point. So like, give me all the sparks, you know what I mean? Just give me all of them. And Hunter Brown and Whitlock are two of the best. I mean, obviously we have Spencer Strider is like the number one spark by far. And then after Strider, you have a big gap and you have Christian Javier. And then you've got Brown, Whitlock. Uh, and there's very few others. Even me drafting Ashby for some reason in the CBS league, and I think I met, made a mention of this to Scott during the draft. I was like, I'm Ashby is not relief pitcher eligible. Like, he was a reliever last year, and he said he didn't have 10 relief appearances. Um, but there's going to be Yahoo leagues. If you're playing this in a Yahoo league, Yahoo points league, I'm sure Ashby is a spark in that league. Because Yahoo, just like everybody, is eligible at any position. So <laughs> I, I play in a CBS league where we have – five as our five like you have to play five anywhere in season or last season to uh qualify as a position so some cbs leagues he might be eligible at relief pitcher yeah what do you think of that team game dude i love it you should have drafted hayden westneski but uh it's a very i think that this uh he says it's 12-team league, right? Yeah. 12-teamer. So, I think it's yep. really uh, – this looks like a classic high-risk, high-reward draft. Uh, I think this is for you. You know, Jazz Chisholm, I, you know, with a back surgery, I love it. I absolutely love Jazz Chisholm. With a back surgery, you know, you never know what you're getting. Really, you don't know what you're getting with Vinny either, you know, just with his limited uh, appearances. Peraza, uh, you know, Lars – all those guys are relatively high risk, and uh, I think your pitching's even more so. Uh, you know, all, you know Jordan Montgomery. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, you know, down the stretch for the car, uh, for the Cardinals, but he, you know, he's he's outside of that, he's not really a known commodity. You know, he's not he's never done that before. Grayson Hunter Brown. I love Hunter. I'm I'm the high man on Hunter Brown. I think you freaking pull him, uh, Grayson. And Garrett Whitlock, Aaron Ashby. Who's that? Who's Aaron Ashby? Who's he play for? <laughs> In the Dynasty League, Raymond Gabe tried to trade me for him like 20 times last year. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was going to pick up Ashby and Tim stole him from me. And like, like I was looking at, at selecting Ashby and it's like, Ashby is no longer available. I love oh, Aaron Ashby. I think he is like, you know, one year away from being Corbin Burns. Uh, or he could suck. Uh, and I think that kind of sums up, <laughs> sums up your roster here. You know, you could have, have Corbin Burns or you could have, you know, somebody – you could have, uh, you know, a hurt, an injured Severino. You know, you just don't know what you have here. It's going to it's gonna come down to injury and performance of some of these higher-risk guys. Dude, I love it, man. This is a league winner draft. 
uh, if some of these guys that I mentioned, you know, Whitlock, Rodriguez, Montgomery, Bello, you know, if these guys can, Ashby especially, if they can realize their 99th or even 75th percentile performance, this is awesome. But you definitely have some high risk here. Yeah, especially with the pitchers. When I was drafting, I like most of my higher picks went to hitting, which you can yep. tell when you look at the team, uh, especially the outfield. Like the outfield is just ridiculous, right? Kyle Tucker, Kyle yep. Schwarber, and Brian and Byron <laughs> Buxton. Like that's just like Byron Buxton is the number one outfielder for some teams. Gotta you know stay what I mean? healthy. So, Gotta stay healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I just think he dropped in this draft. I wasn't gonna pick him, and then I was just like, this is by far the highest guy you on my board. To. Uh, yep. I just had to. I just got in that position where I was like, okay, I, I, I got to do it. And then also, I, I think when I picked him, uh, I was also looking maybe at Gossman at the same time. And, or no, it was, it was a little later. I was looking at another pitch. I was looking at Montgomery at the same time. I think he's the best pitcher on my board. And I was like, hmm, I think Montgomery's still going to be here because people aren't as high on him as I am. So uh, I went that route. So let's get to Raymond's team. And um Raymond's team Raymond I I like your team and I think it during the draft even there's a couple guys that I mentioned that you kind of like I was they were number one on my board and you grabbed them uh your catcher is Dalton Varsho who Gabe and I both love who we talked about at length in the last podcast uh your first baseman is Freddie Freeman easy lock pick right there second base Jeff McNeil third base Alex Bregman who is phenomenal for points Shortstop Wander Franco, who's also phenomenal for points. Outfielder Corbin Carroll, that's the guy. That is the guy that I got upset when you took him because you're only, what, two, two, three spots in front of me? I thought Carroll Carol was going to fall to me. Second outfielder, Ian Happ. That's Gabe's boy right there. Uh, third outfielder, Masataka Yoshida, who should be good for points, even though like I talked a lot of crap about him on one of our previous podcasts. Uh, for points, he should be solid. And that, he's basically like an Arias winker mesh. Uh, and then you, you've got Bryce Harper. He's going to sit on your IL for two months, and then he'll be the, one of the best players in this league because Harper dominates points leagues. And your reserve, Eugenio Suarez, who's also a very solid uh, player, especially for points. Now, pitchers. You have Shane Beaver, Tyler Anderson, Michael Kopech, I shake my head a little bit about that. And Beaver is another dude you stole from me. I wanted Beaver. So it was Beaver and Carroll were like two main guys that I wanted to take. Uh, Scherzer, love that pick. Ranger Suarez uh, might be better for points than in Roto, I think. And then relievers, you got Romano and Soto, which I already kind of went into that I'm a big Sparp guy. So like in points leagues, I'm going to try to hit Sparps for my relievers. I don't want closers. Uh, we can talk a little bit about that if you want to. Um, and then your bench pitchers, you have Edward Cabrera, Mackenzie Gore, which is funny because, like, during the draft, uh, like, some Nationals fan, like, the last, he was, like, the last pick, and he picked Joey Menzies or whatever, and uh, he's like, I had to pick a National, and I was like, why didn't you pick Gore? And then, like, literally right when I said that, you picked Gore. Um, <laughs> and then we, you also have Jose Suarez and Adam Wainwright, who's also for points on your bench because – uh, a lot of points is just getting innings, and Wayno is a 200 inning guy, like automatically. Uh, so, um, I really like on your team. Before I let you get into it, I, I mean, like obviously, I talked about Carroll and uh, Scherzer and Bieber a little bit already, but um, love our show, love Freeman and Bregman for points. Obviously, Yoshida, I think was a strong pick. Harper at that spot was a good pick. 
and then even though like I wouldn't draft a closer, like Romano's the man. And um, I like the high upside of Cabrera. And Wayno's just a nice, safe guy to get in the back end. Uh, so I do really like your team. What, what do you think about your team, Raymond? Like, what are your favorite picks of the draft? Yeah, so I'm torn for my favorite pick. Like, I kind of experimented going pitcher-pitcher in the second and third round. Like, I think this is the year to, like, just hammer hitters early. And so I wanted to see what my offense would look like if I took two stud pitchers there, two out of my first three picks. And I really like it. Like, I think Bregman is a borderline second-round pick in a points league. Like, he is so much better in points. And it just – it seems like the draft room never catches up with that. Harper in the fifth, that's a risk. But, I mean, that could either go very well or very poorly. But in the fifth round, I mean, I was willing to take that chance. Um, I would have done that too. Just just to back you up on that, like, fifth yeah, round. I got him, I got him Especially with an I, in, a, in a league with an IL, that's a piggy bank. Yeah, and, I mean, I'll just plug uh, Eugenio Suarez there until he's healthy. Like, that's – it was a no-brainer. Um, Franco, I think, is going to be a good pick this year in terms of ADP because he was hurt for, what, two months last year, and I'm sure people are pretty sour on him. And in a few leagues, I mean, he's dual eligible, second and short, so that's pretty cool. Hmm. Um, maybe he won't be this year, though. I take that back. And then, yeah, Dalton Varsho, I think, was one of my favorite picks because, like you said, in points leagues, it's all about plate appearances, and he's – going to lead the catching position and play appearances. So I think him in the eighth round was a really good pick as well. My least favorite thing about this team, I think, is I waited too long at outfield. But in a three outfielder league, I think you can get away with that a little bit more. Like, I still ended up with, like you said, your favorite pick off my team, Corbin Carroll, Yoshida, and then um, Ian Happ. Like, that's not bad. Not at all. Yeah, another comment on the outfield, though, is Harper could – he should, not could. He That's should true. get outfield eligibility back later in the year, Some which point, will give yeah. you additional flexibility. Yep. So, yeah. Jeff McNeil is second outfield in most leagues too, right? Yeah, yeah he's he is. He's outfield, so. he's outfield eligible in this league, yep. but you don't have another second baseman. Uh, McNeil's good for, for points too because he gets a lot of hits, right? Hits a point, yeah. hits a point, hits a point. So that's, that's solid for even these little, even though he's like a little slappy, he's like a little bit better than a slap hitter, right? Like most yeah. slap hitters have less power and a little like less other things than McNeil. So he's like a, he's like the ultimate slapper in a way. Um, but he does, he gets a lot of hits. So I think that's uh, still a solid pick. And I just, honestly, I really like Suarez at the 19th round. Like if I, I, would, I already had my hitting filled or else I would have been all over that. And Wainwright at 16, I also really like. Like, that's – in points leagues, you just want innings. And, like, Wainwright's going to give you a ton of innings. What do you think, Gabe, about Raymond's team? So, Raymond, I love the top four guys on your team. Break me – break down the the top four picks. Like, how – give me the, you know, rounds one through four or one through five. I'm just curious how that fell. Okay, give me one second because I just clicked off of this. Okay, so I got Freeman in the eighth. At the eight pick, Max Scherzer, 17 pick, Shane Bieber, third round, and Alex Bregman in the fourth, and then Bryce Harper in the fifth. Man, those, those are my four guys. I am I am really impressed that you were able to land, you know, all four of those. I guess Scherzer fell to the second round. 
probably for obvious reasons. You know, that's, that's probably fair. But uh, I'm I'm really impressed uh, that you're able to land Bieber. You know, Tim is so down on Bieber, and I don't know why. I think that Bieber. <laughs> Tim is always down on Shane Bieber. <laughs> but, it around. You know, I, Sorry, go ahead. I love your top five. I love your top four picks. I love Bryce Harper in the fifth round. I think you nailed the first four or five rounds of this draft. Uh, like you touched on. And, and I, six. By the way, Bronco, Bronco at six. Oh, yeah, dude. He's, a, he's high floor. I mean, he's high floor and high ceiling. Uh, Varsho, he's your A1 catcher. There's not JT Real Muto who, dude. You know, that guy, he's mm-hmm. over the hill. Bar, this is Varsho's position. Uh, I love that. Your outfield is where you're going to get hurt, like you said. Uh, you know, Ian Happ is the most known commodity out of those three guys, you know, minus Harper. And uh, that's kind of scary, you know, especially like what Tim broke down, you know, last week in his podcast on outfield. Like outfield gets shallow fast. You know, it, it starts off real deep and there's a ton, but you got to fill three positions, which is great. You know, a three, you know, it's better than four or five. But outfield is the only, you know, real reason uh, for concern here. I love Romano. He's the best closer in the league as far as I'm concerned. Uh, versus, you know, especially with the opportunities he sees. I, th- I think you nailed it, man. You just got to kind of cross your fingers on outfield until Harper gets back. Yeah, are there any picks maybe that you regret, Raymond? No, I mean, in a three-outfielder league, I think you can get away with this, especially in a points league. Like – like maybe there's another catcher we don't see coming. So I'll snag a catcher and I'll move Varsho to the outfield. Yeah. Like that's fair. And I mean, and I, if Yoshida or Carol are what we think they could be like one of those guys needs to hit just to make my outfield decent. Yeah. And I mean, like we said, I can move McNeil too. So this roster's got flexibility. Like I feel like middle infield takes a step forward in points leagues. So like, I don't know. And like I think, like I said to Tim before we started recording, this was my first. Last year was my first year in points leagues, and I drafted too many hitters. Like, there's four, three or four guys I couldn't play all year because I had them on my bench. Like, yeah. I wanted to get good Same. starting, a good starting lineup, and then just fill my bench with starting pitchers, which love I think it. I did a good job of. I love yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like, I think your lineup is money. Uh, Ian Happ is maybe the weak link in the lineup. This, the the pitching top end is really good. The middle guys concern me a bit. I'm not that high myself on guys like Tyler Anderson, Ranger Suarez, Kopech. I'm really down on. Um, I like Cabrera more than Kopech. I like Wainwright more than Kopech. I like Suarez more than Kopech. So like, I'm just really down on Kopech. Um, I mean, he could really bounce back, or he, or, and, and one of the one of the things about Kopik, you know, you know, honestly, Raymond, your best bet on Kopik and this team might be if Kopik gets pushed back to the bullpen by the White Sox and becomes like a super dominant reliever, and then you can just put him as RP, and he's getting like two, three innings at a time, and like getting you points for the RP spot, um, because he was way better as a reliever than as a starter, and. That's just because he's just one of those guys. He's like a max effort guy who like has to get. He's like Jordan Hicks, right? Like Jordan Hicks sucked as a, star, as a starter. Uh, he's just like max effort, and he's. I think he's much better suited to the bullpen uh, in real baseball, which translates to fantasy. So 
Um, that's my comments on that. If, if you want to f- follow up, go ahead. And I think we're going to start closing this bad boy out. You know, I definitely think, I think there's just a huge disparity between three outfielder leagues and five outfielder leagues. Like in five outfielder leagues, I definitely agree with you. Like you have to get one or two of your first four or five picks need to be outfielders. Cause like you said, it dries up quick, but in three outfielder leagues, like I think you can get a stud and wait or do what I did and wait till the 10th round and then take three in a row or something like that. Like, um, and then like outfield, like the most people on the baseball diamond play outfield. Like there's always guys to pick up. So that's my last thought. Yeah, for sure. So uh, next time talking about that, we're going to be getting into our tiers. Maybe, maybe next time we'll do tiers four, five, and six of outfield, which will be like your number two outfielder number three outfielder so that that'll basically cover like two three outfielder uh leagues and then the last podcast on outfielders we'll get into the deep guys for like five outfielder leagues um so that's what we plan to do next time on the podcast i did want to before we get into sign-offs uh i wanted to throw out there that we're all three of us are looking to participate in a 16 team odd new league we have some participants already uh who are looking to do it. So if you're interested in joining a 16 team Ot new league, give us a shout, hit us up on Twitter and uh, we'll try to get you in the list to join the league. Um, so we're looking to do that. If you want to play some fantasy baseball with us this year and uh, about Ot new guys, I, I think I mentioned before the podcast that I'm doing uh, auction Ot's new mock um, with, so the industry guys from like keep and cut and even like Niv is in it and he's like the creator of Otnu. So uh, that'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. It's a slow auction draft, which I've never done a slow auction draft. Uh, just about the way it works is like basically every team nominates one player at the same time. And so like you're doing basically there's like 12 concurrent bids at the same time and it lasts eight hours. So um, I don't know. What, what do you guys think about something like that? Cause like when I heard about that, I was like, eh, I don't know. That might be too, like, I was like, I don't know. That seems like a lot. At the same time, maybe it's not because you have eight hours to bid still. So, uh, well, I don't know. I'll see how it goes, I guess. You guys eight got any thoughts on pick? that type of mock? You yeah, you got eight, eight hours. hours off. So it's an, it's, yeah, basically, there's 12 teams. Each team nominates one player at the same time. So there's 12 players nominated. And then there's eight hours between those 12 players. You, those 12 players go off the clock in eight hours, highest bid wins. And then everybody nominates another 12 players. And it just like goes in cycles like that. My experience with slow drafts are either they're awesome or terrible. But I got to go, guys. Peace out. Yeah. All right. We'll sign off. So uh, we'll see you next time. Raymond's out already. Uh, He was at uh, Raymond Atherton. And you can find me at Fantasy Baseball. Fantasy Baseball on the Twitter. And when Raymond left, it actually kicked Gabe. So, uh, Gabe, you're back in right. here. I already announced. I already announced Raymond and I sign off. You sign the whole pot off, Gabe. You you leave a, leave us with something good. Leave us with a treasure. Dan's beast Swanson, dude. Jed Hoyer, you better wake up. We need this guy. It's gonna be another long <laughs> winter, a long another long year. Not that Dan's beast Swanson's the answer. You better go after and get the guy. 
Bro, you were so it down. Better happen to Niner tomorrow. Right before Korea, you were so I know, he's the only one left. <laughs> now now you gotta be like, Dansby, come, come come to Chicago like your wife. <laughs> Dansby, Dansby, Dansby. <laughs> Love it, bro. All right. Peace next time. See you.